This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Episode 1536 of No BS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Off the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to Sunday and another episode from my old show, Job Search Radio, a longer form interview, and this one is with a man named Jim Stroud, who I think is a brilliant guy. He very laid back, very easy going, and he just has a lot of great information that I think will help you find work. Now, at the time he he recorded this with me, he was working for Randstad SourceRite. He's since moved on to Click IQ, and now he does podcast production, vlogging, blogging, and, and writes. Very smart guy. Hope you find this show helpful and give it a great review in Apple Podcasts. And now, let's get going. So my guest is Jim Stroud, who serves Randstad SourceRite as Senior Director of RPO Recruiting Strategies and Support, where he alleviates sourcing headaches for his clients. He has consulted for companies such as Microsoft and Google and is the author of the number one job hunting book in the world. I must in all honesty say, to me, he's one of the most interesting and eclectic people in sourcing. Jim Stroud, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on board. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, Jim, the term that I think most people don't know or understand is the term sourcing and how that Mm -hmm. differs from being a recruiter. Could you explain that to everyone? Because I think that really becomes the crux of what uh, our show is going to wind up being based on. So what's a sourcer? What is sourcing? Sure. Uh, A sourcer is someone who goes out and finds a candidate. Uh, and in most cases, they will pre-qualify them for a role. So let's say that uh, a company wants to find a data scientist. The sourcer would do a number of things to find that particular person and uh, then refer them to a recruiter. And what the recruiter will do is step in and uh, formally interview the person, negotiate the salary, introduce them to the hiring manager, onboard them and other things of that nature to get them into the company. But the sourcer pretty much is the tip of the spear, finding that elusive candidate, what we call a purple squirrel. Uh, no one knows what a purple squirrel looks like. They're very rare, but that's what sources do all day. They go out and they find these very rare people that don't necessarily have their resumes posted anywhere online. So, yeah. So being so, what's the difference between that and the recruiters? Is it that front-end piece where they're finding the person and evaluating them, or is there more to it than that? Sure. Um, think of it sort of like uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a cartoon, a uh, Looney Tunes cartoon, where you named the rabbit, and he, he has a bloodhound sniffing the ground trying to find the rabbit. But well, the source is like the bloodhound. They're out there looking around and say, I smell the rabbit. Ah, there is that rabbit. The rabbit is right there. And then Elmer Fudd says, Elmer Fudd says uh, thank you. And he goes out and he uh, shoots at the rabbit until he gets it. So the sorcerer is the bloodhound finding the talent, and then the recruiter is Elmer Fudd 
<laughs> I think I have to do it. Something like that. Thank you. So where do recruiters find their hires? How does that work? Well, uh, I'm going to refer you and all, all of your listeners to a report that is done every year by a company called Career Crossroads. A good friend of mine, Jerry Crispin, um, uh, produces that every year along with his partner, Mark Miller. And what he does is they reach out to Fortune 500 companies of all sorts around the world, and they say, hey, company, um, how do you find the people that you hire when it all comes down to it? And so he's been doing this since, uh, I think, '08. It's been a while. But I'm looking at the most recent report, which is from last year, and the top ten, uh, top ten, number one actually, number one place that companies, recruiters rather, get their highest from are referrals. So that's very important for people to know that so that uh, that accentuates the need to network effectively. Uh, number two is career site. Number three is job boards. Number four is direct source, and direct source refers to sourcing, uh, which I just explained. Uh, then number five is college, third-party recruiters, uh, attempt to hire, and so on. So uh, those, but, you know, what's curious to say about this, I mentioned this in my book, all the referrals are number one, followed by career site and job boards and, and, and so on. Uh, those numbers have uh, beginning to decline. They're not as high as they were before. Like referrals has been like number one since I think beginning um, of, his, of this report. But last year it was at 24.5%, and this year it was at 19.2. Career sites has also taken a, a slight dip in popularity and job boards. But what has been growing um, uh, consistently is direct source. Uh, companies like to find people uh, through various sourcing means. Reason being, I can post a job on Monster and um, – uh, pay X amount of dollars, which job seekers don't think about. They don't think about when, these, when they're seeing jobs on Monster, Career Builder, or Dice, what have you. That costs a company money. Now, I can pay X amount of dollars, post a job, and hopefully you'll see it and, and reply to my job. Or I can do some sourcing. I can go out online, find somebody that I think fits the bill, and then just talk to them directly. By doing that, I don't have to worry about getting Did you get it? What did you think? Can we talk? I alleviate all that by just going out and finding someone who I think is perfect for the role and talking to just that particular person. That's why. Now, uh, when you're talking about doing point. that, you're not just speaking, mm-hmm. speaking about using LinkedIn to find someone. Now, that, uh, that's the job board for modern times. But what <laughs> techniques are firms using to do the direct sourcing beyond LinkedIn? Oh, a number of ways. One could be it could be something like. Uh, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give an example of something that was done recently. I'm trying to find somebody who is in the life sciences, and I, I want to know somebody who is a, a, a scientist uh, for a biochemistry uh, situation working on. Well, they, this person is so high level and so uh, into his work that he doesn't even have a resume online, but he did file a patent in the company that he worked with previously. So if I do a search for people who have, if I do a search for companies that have filed patents in a certain uh, scientific field, then I can say, okay, uh, who are the people who filed, whose names are on this patent? I see John Doe is on this patent, and I also see in the patent that John Doe worked for uh, Kimberly Clark or some other company out there. So I, so I can reach out to Kimberly Clark uh, and ask for John Doe, and there I found the person who knows how to do 
the thing that I'm looking for because their name was on a patent. Not only that, I might look in a newspaper, research news articles, and because reporters talk to people of all sorts uh, all the time, and so um, it's not uncommon to do a search for an article on something in, 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 in the uh, life sciences, and as I read this article, it will say, well, according to John Doe, who's a scientist for this other comp- for this company here, uh, he says this, that, and the other. Okay, well, I know that John Doe works for that particular company, and since he's quoting uh, a particular science uh, topic, I know that he's an expert uh, or at least has a lot of good knowledge in that particular topic, so I'll reach out to that particular person. Uh, it might be a situation where I am researching different blogs that talk about a particular topic that I have an interest in, and I look at who wrote the blog. And I say, okay, the person who wrote this particular blog post says some very interesting things. He must know something, obviously, about this topic because he wrote an article about it. Maybe I'll reach out to him. Let me look at the comments inside of this blog post. And I see uh, uh, Mary uh, Sue and, and Hafiz Ahmed has uh, made a comment about this particular blog post. Um, and I see that they've linked to their personal website when they made this comment. So let me check out their personal website, and uh, which leads me to their LinkedIn profile, and I can see more about them that way. Um, I might research different uh, news videos because uh, just like reporters report in newspapers and, and online, uh, there are also a lot of videos out there where reporters are interviewing people of all types. So I might uh, do a archive search of different video footage from I don't know, CNN or, or Fox or whatever and say, okay, this reporter at this news agency uh, interviewed so-and-so about this, this particular topic. I have a name. I have a job title. I have the company they work for. I can do further research on them all manner of ways. Um, and, and generally when, when I'm sourcing this way or someone on my team is sourcing this way, we're looking for these people that are hard to find who do not have their resumes posted online somewhere. So these are the ones that are the best of the best because the firm has put them into these roles where they are leaders, uh, they are important on something of significance for their organization. Uh, and I say that because they're the one, they're amongst the ones whose name is on the patent. Uh, they're the ones that they're putting in front of the camera crew. Uh, the blog yeah, example, that's, that, you know, your average Jane, Joe, Ramesh can, can do that as well. Uh, and that becomes a, a technique for the average individual. So let me go to a different field rather than life sciences. Accounting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. if you were trying to source an accounting professional, uh, and I'm using this in ex- as, a, as an example of something that's pretty homogeneous. Uh, maybe it isn't, but this is, uh, if it isn't, it's my ignorance showing. Uh, I get the idea that the difference between one accountant who's working for a major firm and another may not be all that significant. How would you go about sourcing for accounting professionals or, or recruiting accounting professionals? Huh. Um, a couple of ways uh, right off the bat. I, I would try. I don't have one method set in stone. It's a matter of I'll try this. It works. I'll keep doing it. If it doesn't try this, if it doesn't work, I'll try something else. Uh, one thing I would do is um, I would look in directories like uh, Odesk or Elance because a lot of accountants, uh, they like to work freelance, like a lot of people do, actually. That's actually a trend. Um, let, me get, let me get too sidetracked on that. But a lot of people um, have their own business, and they do things on the side, and they'll use sites, freelance sites like Elance or like Odesk or like Guru, and they'll say, hey, I'm an accountant, 
and I charge so much an hour, and I'm picking on projects. Um, my last few customers rated me three or four stars. Uh, reach out to me if you have a project, that kind of thing. So I may reach out to them and say, okay, I found you on these sites advertising your services because you have a business on the side where you're doing accounting. I have this opportunity, uh, more of an uh, opportunity with a corporate client. Would you have an interest? So that's one way. Uh, another way might be I might do a search for people who will assist um, who assist customers around tax time because a lot of accountants might want to do something on the side around tax time as well. Uh, third, I'll consider who works alongside that accountant, who would necessarily work uh, with him uh, on, on the left side of his cubicle or the right side of the cubicle. Once I figure that out, I may reach out to someone who might work with that accountant and ask them to refer me to an accountant. Uh, so that's something else I would, I would try that way as well. Something else I may do is I may reach out to different associations. Every, um, every job out there has an association of some sort. So there is an accountant's association. I may reach out uh, to that association and see if they are posting jobs uh, on their website. I might see if they post newsletters or PDFs. If they do, then there are times when I can do a search on Google and find PDFs uh, that have been published by that association. And inside that PDF would be the names of people inside of their association. And that way I have their name. Uh, more often than not, they'll mention where they work. So I have a name and a, and a uh, company and I can track them down that way as well. And thus, folks, what Jim is doing is giving you the roadmap for how people are going out there to look to find you. If you just post your resume on a job board or rely on LinkedIn, you're cutting yourself off on, at the knees. You want to make sure that your stuff is out there. Uh, if you've done a, 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 a presentation, um, with a PowerPoint presentation, get it on SlideShare. Uh, if you've done other types of things, just make sure the links are active that you provide people with because uh, folks are going to be out there looking for it. One other thing I want to mention uh, is Odesk recently rebranded itself uh, because they're merging with Elance or the other way around. Elance was acquired oh, by Odesk. I don't remember which way it, it worked. Uh, and thus, Odesk, and they'll take you to the new web page, so not to worry for now, uh, is now Upwork, U-P-W-O-R-K. Uh, so for, the, for that time in the future where this show is on the web and the Odesk website may not work, uh, go to Upwork.com. And, and folks, we're going to be back with more from Jim in just a moment because uh, you know, there have been lots of pearls out there so far, and I know there are going to be a lot more. But I first want to give you my job search insider tip, uh, which is about interviewing. And it, the, uh, the basis for this tip comes from an article I read many years ago where a firm compiled data about why individuals are rejected at, uh, at, after their interviews. And the statistics that were provided were 40% of people are rejected because they talk too much. 20% are rejected because they behave arrogantly on their interview. Now, these are all things that are within your control. We're not talking skills competence right now. We're talking about behavioral characteristics that are firmly within your control will impact your performance on an interview. So I want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, you know, pay attention to the question that's asked to you. Uh, asked of you, and try to keep your answers to 30 to 45 seconds in length. If you notice that you're losing your audience, 
losing the interviewer somewhere along the line. Uh, ask them a question because that tends to pull them in. I want to remind you also that your voice, and that's true in a phone interview, and your voice and body language, and that, these are true for an in-person interview, are sales tools. And your behavior and your, and your tone of voice have to be congruent with their expectation of someone in this role, and thus inspire confidence that you can so, be a solution to their needs. And then finally, you know, speak to the person who's interviewing you as though it they have a problem that needs to be solved and that you're trying to help them solve it. If you just talk about what you've done and how you went about doing it without tying the bow for them about their problem and what you can do to solve it, you're missing a huge opportunity. So that's my tip for this show. Uh, there's a lot more on my website, which is thebiggamehunter.us. Go over to the site and go exploring. And if you have a question that's, that's specific to you, uh, contact me through my website. You'll see a, uh, a space on, on the site, a tab on the site where it says, do you have a question for me? Or you can reach out to me through prestoexperts.com where I'm a job search and career coaching expert. So let's come back to Jim and pick up where we left off. Now, Jim, there are times where people just don't want to be out there and they want to be searching anonymously. How does someone do an anonymous search these days in the day and age where information is is so readily available? Sure. There are a couple of ways. Uh, one, there is a trend out there of mobile job apps that allow you to search for jobs anonymously. Uh, first one I'm thinking of is, is one called Poachable. And you can look this up on, on the in the iTunes store, or I think they have an Android version. I'm not sure. I know they have one for the iPhone. But the it's way P-O-A-C-H-A-B-L-E. Works, yeah. <laughs> so um, how Postable works, it works a lot like Tinder. Uh, for those who are not familiar with Tinder, Tinder is a dating app. And how Tinder works is you log into the Tinder app, you see somebody's picture, and you go, oh, she's cute. And so you swipe it to the right. And then they see your picture and go, oh, he's cute. And they swipe it to the right. And then you've expressed an interest in that person. The other person at the end has expressed an interest in you. At that point, you guys can connect, and then love can bloom or something similar. Poachable works on the same type of process. Uh, you, as a job seeker, see a job you think is interesting, so you swipe to the right. The company will see uh, your profile, your anonymous profile, and then they'll swipe to the right. Now that you've expressed an interest in them, they've expressed an interest in, an interest in you. Now you guys can connect to a point. You guys can talk and converse with one another. If you like what they have to say, then you can take it to a step further and give them your actual contact details. If you don't like what they have to say or you've lost interest, you can say away with you. <laughs> and they'll never know who you are or who you were, rather, uh, that whole time. Uh, you also have the, the option of saying, okay, when I look through Poachable for different job opportunities, I do not want one from Company X because I presently work at Company X. I don't want to take a risk of some recruiter at my company seeing my anonymous profile, reaching out to me, and then I go, oops, uh, that kind of thing. So Postable is one. Um, Postable was started by uh, this guy named Tom Leong, who was a product, big-time product guy at Microsoft and Google, and he just got some funding. So uh, that app is going to be really popular. But uh, the app itself is not really that old. It's only like maybe a year and a half or so old but it's already uh, spawned a lot of different copycats. So here's some more 
uh, apps that do pretty much the same thing that I described in addition to Poachable. Uh, there's one called Poached, which is P-O-A-C-H-T. There's another one called Weave, W-E-A-V-E. There's another one called Block, B-L-O-N-K. Uh, there's another one called Jobber, J-O-B-B-R, as well. So uh, those are all apps that allow you to search for jobs anonymously. Uh, the other way, I'm sorry, you want to go interject there? Yeah, I was about to ask, with how do they make money? Uh, is it at the point where there's a connection that a firm uh, is paying to, to know more about you? Uh, I'm just thinking about how these sites will survive or apps will survive sure. in order to, to provide more services. Sure. Um, sort of like a job board, it's free for job seekers to peruse the opportunities. The companies have to pay to post their information and to uh, interact with people. So uh, the company's paying the bill, free to job seekers. Terrific. You were starting yep. to say when my hesitation came across so pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other thing that I would suggest, um, and it's really an ongoing thing, uh, not so much anonymously, uh, to make yourself uh, more visible in the industry. Uh, one thing that I did when I was working for a certain company in the past, love where I'm at right now, let me just say that, uh, but in the past, when I was open to opportunities, what I would do is, is I would write white papers. And so I would go to the company and say, hey, um, I'm really interested in doing a white paper or doing a report on this particular topic in the industry. I think it will reflect well on the company. Do you mind if I put this together and work with marketing and, and get it out there? And they'll say, sure, because it reflects well on the company. Well, I put the, the report together and make sure that it is stellar. Uh, and, of course, inside the report, it will say this uh, report brought to you by the company and uh, Jim, who does, you know, whatever for us. And so the white paper spreads. It gets out there. People in the industry see that and go, that's interesting. Who wrote that? They see my name. Hmm, let's keep this guy on the radar because we might want to hire him eventually, something like that. So that's another way of looking good at the company you're at, but also keep your name out there so that someone might want to approach you later. And again, I love where I work at right now. <laughs> yeah. and they're not doing this podcast to get more attention. I know, I know. Please help us. Exactly. Exactly. So. Terrific. Um, you know, this morning I saw a resume from someone. Now, I'm recording this show in July of 2015, and I saw a guy who was out of work since September 2013. No explanation mm. for what's, what's been going on since then. So clearly long-term unemployed. What can someone who's been out of work for a long time do to make themselves marketable, attractive, however you want to describe it, uh, for someone who's doing sourcing or recruiting? Sure. A um, number of ways, all free. Just take time to do them. Uh, one thing that I suggest is that they uh, create a webinar uh, of their expertise. You can get uh, – there are a lot of different webinar vendors out there, like GoToMeeting is one. Join.me is another one. Uh, both of them are free. Well, uh, uh, GoToMe I know. I happened to look at this morning. They have a, a program for like 10 or a few people, uh, so that is completely free. Right. And then join.me is another one, too, that I like as well. So what I would do is I will put together a, uh, a webinar or some kind of presentation, 
that fixes a problem or at least addresses a problem and gives a new perspective on how to fix a particular problem in the industry. I would then reach out to companies, decision makers in different companies, and say, hey, I'm giving a webinar on this particular problem. Um, I'd like to invite you to come check it out. And so you send it out to everyone um, who works at certain companies that you would love to work for. And then when they uh, come to the webinar, make sure you dazzle them with your expertise, get on their radar, and then answer their questions. And then after the webinar, you follow up with them and say, hey, you attended my webinar on this date. What did you think? And try to start a conversation which could potentially lead to a particular job. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing you could do as well is that you can um, promote yourself under the radar uh, in, in a certain way um, and, and, and get some value back for your experience. It's a convoluted way of saying this. But there is a site called Help a Reporter Out. And how Help a Reporter Out works is that reporters are always looking for quotes from people to put inside of their articles. So if somebody's writing a report about uh, the, the state of the healthcare industry, uh, they'll write blah, 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 and then they'll say, according to so-and-so, who has 20 years' experience in the healthcare industry or whatever in the healthcare industry, uh, he says this or she says that. Um, they every day uh, send out requests, and they say, I'm working on a story about whatever. I need somebody who has experience in this field to be quoted in my article. Subscribe to their newsletter. Look for opportunities where you can add value, and that will get your name out there in the paper, and nothing says I'm an expert or I'm a big shot or I know what I'm talking about than being quoted inside of a major newspaper or a magazine of some sort. And that's yeah. also free to do. There are three um, emails they send out a day, and folks, most of them aren't going to relate to you. Most of the story things won't be specific to you. So you need to scan them to look for things that are of value uh, where you could make a contribution. Uh, and. You know, as Jim pointed out at the beginning, when he, when he and his team are out there sourcing, one of the things that they're looking for are quotes in articles. And thus you can get positioned very cleanly as an expert. Uh, I've appeared any number of times through what's nicknamed Harrow, H-A-R-O. I think it's now Harrow.com, but if I'm wrong, help a reporter out. We'll get you to the site uh, very uh, easily. Are there any other suggestions that you have for people who have been out of work for a long time? Sure. One is to keep your skills sharp. One thing that happens a lot with job seekers is that they will get comfortable in a certain role, and they don't keep their skills sharp. Uh, companies always want the latest and greatest. They want 2.0. But if you're uh, focused only on 1.0 and don't want to change or adapt with the times, you work into your own detriment. So what I would suggest is that um, you can go on YouTube and do a search for all kinds of topics, whatever your industry is, whatever your niche is, and learn, uh, and learn from uh, presenters at conferences or people giving demonstrations, and it's just so that you can know the latest and greatest of what's going on in your particular field or industry. Another thing as well is to do a search in Google for uh, trends in your industry. Like I, for example, I did a search for 2015 trends in web design which will lead me to different articles where people are saying, this is the latest and greatest thing in web design. Do that for your industry. Learn what's new and what's out there, and then when you get the opportunity to talk to a recruiter, you can say, not only do I have I mastered 1.0, but I'm well-versed in 2.0, and I can talk to you about it uh, because of A, B, and C, you start talking about it. That will let the recruiter know that, okay, not only does this guy know about what we've done, but maybe he is or she is prepared to take us to the next level, 
because in our conversation, I can hear how he's talking about the latest and greatest thing. Some of these things we're not doing yet, and maybe this is the person that can help take us to the next level. So keeping your skills sharp is something uh, I recommend as well. And then finally, uh, we've mentioned Upwork uh, already. Um, how Upwork works and others like it is that people can um, promote themselves as saying, I am a, uh, a vendor in accounting. Let's stick with that example. If you need accounting help, reach out to me. I charge X amount of dollars uh, to do whatever project. That, it doesn't cost anything to set up on that site, as far as I know. Uh, I know that with the, the recent change, no charge. The rule. Uh, there's no charge? No charge. Okay, yep. Typically, they, uh, it works when you get paid. The company takes a, a, a percentage off of your fees or something like that. So no money out of your pocket. So uh, you have a certain number of expertise. Uh, look up Upwork. Look, do a search for freelance sites, which will show you other, which will lead you to other sites like it. Set up uh, your own business where you are consulting for people. Uh, doesn't cost anything to do that typically. All you need is a telephone and, and uh, access to the internet and the computer. And if you can do it uh, from home through, through an office, you can have clients literally all over the world, which and that's something that I've done myself when I was in between um, jobs at one point. I had a client in, I think, New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. And I was doing work for them, although I was based in the United States. I never met them in person. Uh, we've only communicated through Skype. Uh, they would give me a project. I would send them the results, and then they would pay me virtually online. Uh, you can do exactly the same thing. And, folks, you may have heard me uh, at the end of the Job Search Insider tip talk about PrestoExperts.com. That's a, a place where you can list a profile for yourself uh, as an expert in whatever the field is and field phone calls. Uh, and they and they'll forward the call to a number that you specify. You indicate when you're available or when you're not available. And as a result, it's another way that you can position yourself as an expert. One suggestion I'm going to make to you to build on what Jim has been saying about, uh, if you have no real interest in working uh, a part-time job or, or building a, a freelance practice, but you want to take advantage of the free posting, well, I think the smartest thing to do is after you've created this great profile, don't put down a cheap rate. Make sure that you have a premium rate for your service because there's a difference in people's mind between someone who charges $5 an hour and someone who charges 250 an hour. Uh, for work. So just recognize that little subtlety when you set your price point there. Last can, I thing, can I make a suggestion please. along those lines if I could? Because uh, uh, I've suggested that in the past as well, and usually people will say, okay, I can do that, but I don't know what to charge. I'll say uh, do two things. One is to uh, go on a site like maybe uh, salary.com and see what the average salary is for someone uh, working a regular job and then break it down to an hourly rate uh, based on the average salary in that area. And then that will be your, your, your contract rate to maybe bump it up a little bit as well uh, and say, okay, so someone um, in your field doing a job makes, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, 120000 uh, 120, a year. That comes down to uh, maybe, what, 60000 uh $60 an hour, I guess that would be, something like that. I'm not sure about the math. That's but 60, yeah. Yeah, but basically the logic is do the, do the research to see what the average salary is, figure out what the hourly rate is for the average salary in that field, and that's your hourly rate. 
cool. Last question for you. Plotting a, a successful career path. Um, a lot of people have no idea where to take their careers to. And I, I know uh, I was asked a question yesterday on Quora. That um, was the, the classic question of generalist or specialist. And these are two <laughs> key guys arguing this. But And that's one variation of plotting a career path. What do you advise people to do, Jim? I advise them to follow the money. Um, there is a resource that is produced by the government every other year. It's called the Occupational Handbook. And what the Occupational Handbook does is it looks at, and it's produced by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And what it does is it looks at all the jobs that are out there today. It, um, by census data and other data, it speculates, okay, this particular job, um, let's say security expert, there aren't that many people um, taking, there aren't too many people graduating uh, with a degree in computer science with a concentration on hacking or whatever. So since that's the case, there's going to be a shortage, <clears throat> excuse me, there's going to be a shortage of computer security professionals four or five years from now, meaning that the salary for that particular job is going to, go, is going to be uh, much, much higher. So we're going to project that the uh, computer science uh, security field is going to be really hot. And so you can expect that someone with that particular skill set will be earning, I don't know, 80K the first year out of college because that skill set is so rare. Uh, what Occupation Outlook will, will show you is that these are the jobs that are going to be paying the most money five years from now, uh, two, two years, five years, ten years from now. So I would look at the field that I'm in now inside the, occupation out, uh, inside the Occupational Handbook, see how hot my field is now, two years, five years, ten years on down the future, and I can say, okay, my field and what I do is hot, is going to stay hot for the next few years. I'm going to stay focused on that. If I see that it's dwindling, then I'm going to look at uh, another industry where I can apply my same skills in a different way. So let's say that I'm uh, an administrative assistant, and so I see that that field is uh, dwindling in popularity long term. Well, I know how to um, schedule travel. I know how to uh, manage multiple projects at the same time. Some of my skill set would work well managing conferences. I see that managing conferences is a hot skill according to the Outlook, according to the Occupation Handbook, so I'm going to start now uh, moving in the direction of managing conferences because it takes all of my skills as an admin uh, will work over there in this other field, although um, I haven't really been in that field before. And then another thing I would do as well is that I will look at people who are doing what I ultimately want to do. So let's say that I am a uh, computer programmer today. I ultimately want to be a CTO and manage um, uh, all the technology for a major company. So what I will do is I'll go over to LinkedIn, and I'll look for profiles of CTOs, and I'll say, okay, before you were a CTO, this person was a VP of, of engineering. Before they were a VP of engineering, they were a director of this. Before they were a director of this, they were doing that. So let me look at what they did in their career path that got them to be a CTO, and then I'll try to imitate that as best I can. I'll look at maybe 10 or 12 or 20 whatever different CTO profiles, make a list and try to figure out, okay, what, what are the common things that these CTOs do that got them to that role? Okay, I got a good idea of what these CTOs have done to get to their position. Now let me imitate them and do the same thing. Does that make sense? Very clever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the basic idea behind informational interviewing is trying to identify the common patterns uh, that will allow you to get to where you want. 
And that also reminds me that, you know, if it's hard to discern some of the subtleties, folks, you might just go uh, and try and get 10 minutes on their calendar for a quick phone call uh, and just make it very clear. This is about gathering information. I promise I'm not asking you for a job. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few more ways to get more from me. First of all, visit my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. I have more than 6,000 blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read that will help you find your next job. If you want the best of my advice, join JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I've curated information with a focus on interviewing. If you decide to take the lifetime membership at the site, it's $299 currently, but that's the price of a coaching session or an hour of coaching from me, and I'll be giving that to you if you join with a lifetime membership. Have a few questions? Contact me through the Magnify app for iOS or PrestoExperts.com where you can call me. Schedule a specific time with me through chat on Magnify or by connecting with me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com forward slash IN forward slash The Big Game Hunter. Once we're connected on LinkedIn, you can message me about coaching you, scheduling in time for Magnify or Presto Experts, speak with me about a resume or LinkedIn profile critique, help you with a salary negotiation or my trusted advisor services, and much, much more. Like you, I don't work for free. I do charge for what I do. You can take my classes on Skillshare and become a premium member using the link in the show notes and receive two months for free instead of just the one that the site offers. Skillshare offers thousands and thousands of courses, not just simply mine, on a host of different subjects that can help you in many different ways. Lastly, join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's free to the first 250 people who join and is focused on helping you do better at work. Information is shared daily and we're attempting to build a supportive group there. Ask to join. I'm not letting recruiters in at this point. So I'll be back tomorrow with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great. with the helpful hardware folks this thanksgiving think outside the oven and get thanks grilling with ace get a new grill and choose from top brands like traeger weber and big green egg to add even more flavor to your thanksgiving turkey side dishes and desserts plus right now get free assembly and delivery on all grills and accessories 3.99 and up for the best help on the best grills stop by your local ace and get thanks grilling ace rewards members only through december 24th see participating stores for scheduling or exclusions